Welcome to the James Huss Show. At the James Huss Show, we explore the intersection of technology, art, and business to uncover new thoughts and opportunities that'll help you, you over there, lead a more fun and fulfilling life and career. So today we have my friend Isaac, artist relations, social media manager, and content creator at Strandberg Guitars. He's also a guitarist for The World is Quiet Here, runs the YouTube channel Riffified, and is a freelance video editor for brands like Gear Gods, Guitar Messenger, and Spectre Sound Studios. So I've known Isaac for probably over five years now. We met when I was out in Los Angeles. And uh, let's get started. So where were you originally from and how did you end up moving to Los Angeles? Sure. Um... So I um, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Um, went to school at uh, UW Oshkosh, and um, basically I I knew that I wanted to leave Wisconsin, uh, just leave the Midwest uh, at a certain point. I just go to like a bigger city, if anything else, like you know, uh, um, post college. And so I was kind of looking at New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles, and. Um, <laughs> I, like, I have the like, snow. You're like, oh, do I want to live somewhere with all of the snow, <laughs> or somewhere with beautiful sunshine and movie stars? Just all the time, 100. percent And where Trey Xavier lives, uh, but I had I uh, uh, I had kind of the 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 least traditional career path post college, I think. Um, so I went to school for uh, recording technologies, which is like uh, just audio production essentially at uh, UW Oshkosh. And um, for our senior year, we had to get an internship at like a recording studio or something like some part of the music industry. So like doing some sort of, um, audio related thing. So I had a background in live, live music. I was, I was doing, um, mixing and mastering for bands and stuff and doing like, like live audio, um, for local shows. And I was looking, um, looking at internships just in that kind of field and like nothing was coming up. I just, I, no one like had any free internship programs. No one would, would help me do it for college credit. Like I just couldn't find one. And it, it was, you know, for like six months I had to find like an internship for, for college. And, um, and then so one day I, I was just on Facebook and I was like super down to the dumps. I'm like, man, like no one, like no one has any internship programs. Like what? I'm scrolling no, like, on I'm Facebook. not even looking to make money. You're like, no, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like for free. free, free labor. Come on. Like I, I was like, I'm like, I'm not like the greatest, but I'm like really good. Like I know I'm good. Like what, what's going on? And, um, I was just like, just, just doom scrolling on Facebook. Just like, oh, woe is me. Couldn't find anything. And an ad came up for gear gods being like, Hey, do you want to help out with, uh, like join the gear gods team? And for those of you who don't know, Gear Gods is a, a YouTube channel run by my, run by my buddy uh, Trey Xavier. Um, I was a big fan of his, like honestly, since high school. And uh, you know, at the time, he was doing more like gear reviews and like artist um, interviews and talking to bands about their rigs, guitar and um, bass and amps and stuff, drums, um, kind of more tailored towards the metal crowd. And so I was, it was like a YouTube channel I was a, I was a fan of for a long time. And I saw that there was an opening for like it was kind of just like a general like help wanted ad. And I was like, dude, well, if I could like intern for Gear Gods, like that would be amazing. But I was, but I'm like, what are the chances? They're, Gear Gods is probably huge. There's probably like ten dudes in business suits around a biz, big table, like having meetings and stuff, all corporate. I'm like, there's no way they're gonna do this. But I'm like, at this Ray point, living in my house for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I I responded to, responded to this ad, and I'm like, hey, my name's Isaac. I'm super young and hungry, and I just need to like get an internship in the, the music industry. I love metal. I play guitar. Like, do, can I just do anything for you? And this dude Trey wrote back, and Trey was like, he was like one of my like idols. Like I, I I watched his videos for a long time. We talked on the phone one day, and he was super nice. And I was like, oh my god, I'm talking to Trey Xavier. This dude's like, this dude's so sick. And he was like, yeah, like I can I can basically have you like write for our website and do video editing for the YouTube channel and just like make you do a bunch of work that like he didn't want to do. And I found out later that it was like literally just him. Like he ran the whole show. He lived in a super small apartment in Glendale, California. Um, so that's so I started doing that remotely. I came out to LA a couple times. Uh, one for my first Nam, I think it was 2017, 2018. Um, that was awesome. Went got to go like through through Gear Gods, um, and then went you know back to LA like a few months later just to work with Trey close like more closely on some stuff. And this is all for college credit for my senior year. And then um, so once I graduated in uh, in 2017, um, then I I was like well like I I, I want to leave Wisconsin. I want to go somewhere. LA seems like a, like as good a place as any because like Trey's already there. I went to Nam. It seems cool. Musicians live out there, um, so I uh, I was like, I'm like, okay, I gotta I gotta find a way to get out there. How am I gonna do that? I don't have a job. I'm just interning still for free. For I didn't I never stopped interning. So I was still like a free intern post you know even after college, and um, it turns out Trey was looking 
to, to move into a new spot and wanted to get a roommate. And uh, so we just kind of coordinated it and he found this place out here and we moved in together and we've been roommates for, this is our fourth year now that we were going on. It was four years last August. So I moved in with my boss and we, <laughs> it's like, it was crazy. And it's been, it's been awesome ever since. But um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not an intern for, for gear guys anymore. That probably lasted another two years. Um, or lasted one year after that. And then I was actually able to like make it part of my job. Um, but that's how I ended up moving out here. So I moved in with, with this guy that I didn't really know, but I had a good feeling about. He was always really cool to me. Great to work with. And, um, the rest is kind of history. So that's kind of how I ended up out here. Yeah, usually when you move in uh, with strange men from Los Angeles, uh, it's always uh, a horror story. But luckily we, we, we were both fine on that front. Cause when I, I did something similar, uh, I moved mm-hmm. to LA I joined a startup and I moved in with my boss and we were both 23, 24 at the time. Oh, and we were, sharing a, we were sharing a bedroom because uh, I was like, man, I just want to get out of Windsor. I'm like, I don't, yep. like whatever. Yep. I'm like, what, whatever it takes. I'm like, whatever, like, as long as you guys can like sign this piece of paper to get me a visa to mm-hmm. come across to the States, I'm like, I'm down. I'm like, I've already failed the Google and Facebook interviews. So like, I'm not. <laughs> what else are you going to do? I mean, I what else had, that, do? Uh, had that background, Jamie. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. Like it's worth a shot because like at the, at the very least you can always move back home. Like it's, the, it's, it's not, it's, you have to do it. You got to give it a shot, you know? Yeah. Like just that's try. the, that's, that's just, that's the thing that confused me. It's because especially if you're like 22, 21, like, oh yeah, dude, like you're you don't have any. You can yeah, you're, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you can always do whatever you want. You just have to deal with the consequences. But the nice thing about uh, when you're like in your early 20s and you have no money is like, what's going to happen? You're going to have no money. You already have yeah, no but, money. It, and I will say, it's, it's funny. I gave a talk to uh, actually I gave a talk to my to my my class like a, a couple weeks ago, uh, my my first like recording industry class. And I was basically like do, doing this kind of thing, like telling them my life story, like talking about everything post college. And and I, it, I basically it came down to me. Cause like when I moved out to LA, I didn't have a job lined up. I just knew this guy, Trey. And I was like, I'm like, I had enough confidence to, to know that I could make it work. Whatever the case I had like a little bit of savings, like a couple thousand dollars, like nothing, like enough for like a month's rent in LA, like max. So I moved out to, to LA, like the most expensive city in America with no job with a random dude. And was just like, and just a little dream in my heart, a little song in my, in my step. And I like, so I was telling this class, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this worked out for me, like, because I think I like was really hungry and I was, I like knew I could make it work. But a lot of people like don't really have that drive and like they they kind of just kind of expect things to get handed to them on a certain level. And so I'm like, be be careful about your career post college, like because my situation on paper looked like a terrible decision, like moving to the most expensive city with well, no job. It depends job. Like, too. Like you moved into a place that was like pretty cheap rent. Let's be real. Like the Gear cheap Gods for, Mansion, yeah, cheap for Glendale, yeah, yeah. The Gear Gods Mansion, even though it's called the Gear Gods Mansion, is not actually a mansion. It's a shack mostly. <laughs> it's, it's a shack, and the fancy studio Trey has is a barn, and everyone's having a good time there. But uh, yeah, like I think first of all, ninety percent of people don't actually move, and so there's a hard filter there. And the nice thing about the cities like L.A., New York, Hong Kong, London, is if you pass that hard filter. You still have a chance, and everyone I met in L—maybe I'm biased too—but the ones I met in LA, usually, if they have to make it on their own, on their own, and they know they're not getting like a trust fund check every month, and they know like they could move back to Wisconsin, but if they did, they feel kind of embarrassed. They usually figure it out. Like the, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You're like you could move back to your parents in Wisconsin, but the whole time you're probably thinking like. Nah, man. That's the last <laughs> thing I want. Yeah, and like I just I feel like so many kids are just afraid to try, and they just maybe they were just especially coming from like a small town, like which I mean, LA is a melting pot. Like everyone, everyone who who lives here, the majority of people who live here are from small towns. But you're you're used to a sense of like stability and comfort and like cheap living and like just where things are easy and so people don't want to leave that they don't want to leave the warm fuzzy womb of where they grew up and what they know and what they're familiar with and so it takes it takes guts to just move to a new city um but i think i think the thing that people don't realize is that like you can do it like you're not the the thing one of the things that and we can get into this later too but like one of the things that really gave me comfort when i would just because i moved here it didn't really hit me until like a week later that I actually like moved across the country. And I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, had the, I think everyone has, you know, a different level of like existential crisis about it. And there was like a, I, you know, I was like in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I'm, I'm like, dude, what the hell did you do? Like, what are you doing? And 
but the thing that gave me comfort is is reminding myself that I'm not the first person to, to move to Los Angeles. Like, you're not this the first people, broke person with a dream to move to Los ex- Angeles, dude. And like, you're not just, the last one either. A hundred percent. And like, just t- just knowing that, I'm like, dude. Like, if anyone else can do it, I can do it. And it's 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 like a small thing, but like, you are way more capable than you think you are. And I think people just they don't want to be put in an uncomfortable situation, so they just stick with what they know. And that's cool if that makes you happy, but people end up just staying miserable because that's what their parents want, it's what their friends want, it's like what they know. It's like, dude, like, don't you want to just try going somewhere else? Like, I think I think it's worth it. Yeah, and that, that's the thing too is you start meeting the people who you think like made it, right? And then you talk to them for like twenty minutes. You're like, yo, like, not only are they not smarter than me, but I'm pretty sure they're a bit dumber than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just people. Turns out they're just literally just humans, just like you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I've noticed that uh, a big there's a big mind sh- like for me when you said like after a couple of weeks in LA you looked in the mirror you're like what did I do? Uh, th- I ha- had that feeling the moment I got off the plane in Taiwan and I couldn't read anything, and then I'm like, ooh, it was well, real. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's the moment. I can't read anymore. Ooh. I didn't know yeah, how much happened. I read things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But but then you but look at you now. You you figured it out, dude. I can kind of read. I can read. At like I'm like a really stupid first grader. <laughs> <laughs> Same. That's just me in English. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's funny on that side. Yeah. But uh, what I was gonna say. So you're out. You're in L. A. You're like I'm not going back to Wisconsin. Winter's already in Wisconsin. Like I got to stay here <laughs> for another six months to get out of that anyway. Mm-hmm. And so. You found Gear Gods through that one, uh, the one Facebook ad. Then how how did you go about? You're in LA. How did you go about making money then? Because you're at that point, you're you're doing some Gear God stuff for free. Like, what was your first like gig to give you some cash to pay for food and rent? For sure. So it was funny. I had I had the struggle to find an internship, and then when I moved to LA, I had to, the struggle to find like a paying job, and so it was just one of these things where I was just like every day just going on every every job application website you can imagine and just at first trying to find things in the music industry so like again my background was like in primarily live music so it was like audio engineering live music uh, event production that kind of stuff which I was not passionate about at all but I but I knew it like I knew how to run uh, mixers and stuff and consoles and but and nothing was nothing was coming through um Dip my toes a little bit into like video and like social media for like a, a hospital and like a couple of different non-music things. Nothing, nothing worked out. And then one day, my my amazing grandmother, my nana, she emails me and she she's like, "Oh, Isaac, um, I have a friend uh, in LA. She's a producer on a TV show. You maybe she could like talk to you." And it was very much like kind of just blind grandmother support, where it's like, "I have a friend. They might help you. I hope you're doing all right in the big city, my little my little don't boy. die." Don't die. And um, and I was like, all right. And by that point, again, I was so desperate for anything. And luckily, like, I just ran through pretty much all my savings at that point. So I was I was dying for any kind of job. And so I emailed um, this producer friend of, of my grandmother, um, Maria Grasso, who was a producer on the show called Dietland, which is, it was a new Netflix show. And um, it turns out she was looking for a, for a PA, for a production assistant for the, for this uh, Netflix show. So I went down to, uh, to West Hollywood and interviewed. And she was super sweet, really nice. And they hired me to, to be um, basically like just I mean do everything from co- you know, coffee orders to just running various errands and stuff for this in, for this writers room for uh, this TV show, and um, did that for about four months while the show was being written and it was like Hollywood baby like I, I'm seeing how like a TV show for Netflix is getting made I'm just I'm back to square one I'm getting coffee like it was great I loved it I had really great people to work with for the first four months really pretty like honestly pretty easy job like got to run around and a little stressful but like I'm. It, it, they made it really easy. It was a really great situation. And um, and then um, and I'm learning about how a TV show gets made all this whole time. Um, so, you know, after a certain period of, of when a show is getting written, then it goes into the actual production and, like, shooting and editing of the show. So um, once those first, you know, four or five months were up in the writer's room, um, then they're going to go into, into actually producing it. And so they needed a new PA to go to move over to their like production offices, uh, which was pretty close by in, in Hollywood. Um, so I, I said yes and went on to do that. And um, that probably lasted a year. And that <laughs> that job was a lot harder and a lot, and I made a lot less money <laughs> because I remember um, when, when I was uh, in that transition of, of uh, the, the first kind of phase of that job ending and then the new phase of it starting, I got a call from, from the, the executive producer 
um, uh, for the um, yeah for this next phase. And she was like, "Hey, she she was really nice. She called me and she, she was like, "Hey, so we know you're we've, you've been to PA for uh, for the show for for a little bit. You're doing a really good job." Um, she's like, <laughs> she's like, I don't know how I don't know whose fault this is. I don't know who messed up, but you're actually the highest paid PA in Hollywood right now. Like you you've been making the most money out of any PA. And at, like, like really, you're like really? <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, it was, I was making like okay money, like definitely the most money I ever made, you know, post college, but still like. If you play that, definitely the most money I ever made post college game when you're 21 years old, though. It's, Dude, exactly. Uh, it's yeah, an I'm easy like, game to win. Yeah, I'm like I can pay rent. I can go to the grocery store once a week. I'm rich, dude. Like I don't care. Um, but she she was like, so uh, we can't match that. We can't like someone messed up somewhere. You're not supposed to make it as much as you are. Uh, we need to. It, it's going to be a lot more hours and less money. Like, are you still okay with that? And I was like, I'm like, yeah. Like I literally I have, have to choice. I don't have a choice. So I did that for a year. So I was, P- I was basically a PA for like a year and a half, two years. Um, and in tandem with Gear Gods, which eventually I was able to start getting paid for that, like on a freelance basis. And then through that and just, just being involved in, in honestly, like, you know, uh, production. And, you know, the, the second half of this PA gig was I was working pretty closely in, around um, video editors, like for like the actual show. So I was seeing how like shows get edited and all the editors on that show were super sweet, all really cool to me, like a really like really good people. And so I kind of saw that world. And uh, so I started editing for, for Trey more often for, for money, for getting paid in U.S. currency. Started editing, editing for my buddy Glenn, uh, Spectre Sound Studios, like a bunch of YouTube guys, music guys. And that was kind of my side hustle. And in be- between the two worlds, I was able to kind of like really um, not die. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is he can't be broke and busy. I heard it from this uh, YouTuber. His name's Alex Ramosi. I've been watching all his videos. Great entrepreneur guy. And he's, he's like, you don't have money. He's like, deliver pizzas. I'm yeah, literally they, yeah you're use your time uber yeah yeah go 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 deliver uber eats you're like oh yeah and, <laughs> and that's the thing man i think people like they value their free time too much and it's like it's like cool like you can have free time but you have you won't have as much money and like have other opportunities that come from like working hard and just just get to work like you know there, there are yeah, opportunities like, you just have to look yeah. for them it's like you're 22 like shut up like you have yeah, no dude. skills <laughs> you're not even a person yet dude like, i like I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're still you're still a baby. I'm 28. I feel I still feel like a baby. Like oh, yeah. but, I mean, dude. You know, like I, especially when you're that young, and I feel like people. I think the thing where people get caught is they they leave college and they're like, cool. I'm supposed to go somewhere. I'm supposed to get my big boy job, and they feel a certain level of like of like, oh, I worked. They're like, I worked this hard to get this degree. Now I got to use it. They don't want to go feel like they're going backwards. You know. Literally me, like, delivering I, coffee, yeah. Yeah, dude, I was a PA. Like, I, I like, d- d- delivered checks, like, got coffee runs, got groceries for, like, just, like, the grunt work that everyone else didn't want to do. But, it, but like, that role I knew was important for everyone else to do their job effectively, and I was treated with respect, and I got paid money in, in money. So, like, I, you can't have an ego about it. You just got to get to work, and, like, eventually... I was able to land my job now, and obviously we'll get to that in a second. But um, like, don't don't have an ego about it. Just like do what you got to do, and like be a good person. And I think that's what make that's what creates long term opportunities. Um, yeah. And I like I like what you said. The way you got the that original PA job uh, was just through a connection through your your grandmother. Yeah. I, I talked to a lot of like uh, people who are trying to become software engineers, like get into their first junior software engineer job. And everyone here is like, oh, there's a shortage of engineers. There actually isn't. There's a shortage of engineers with experience who are competent and friendly. And so when mm. they get out of this like coding boot camp, they'll be like, I'll apply to all these jobs and they're getting no callbacks. And they're like, oh, what's going on? And I was telling the same find of, same thing of advice. I was like, reach out to like your grandmother's hairdresser. Reach out to somebody, Dude. like anybody yes. who knows somebody who does any sort of job that is remotely program related. I'm like, mm-hmm. pro tip, it probably won't be at Google. It'll probably mm-hmm. be at a crappy agency uh, whose entire business model hinges on hiring cheap labor, and that's okay. You get to be cheap labor. What you bring to the table is your cheap, and you'll do bad work with a smile on your face. And that, <laughs> those, if you and have those like two it. skills, <laughs> if you if you are cheap and you're willing to do annoying work with a smile on your face, that is the only skill you bring to the table. Because like just kind of knowing how to spell PHP doesn't get you that <laughs> doesn't get it's, you that far no and people are especially being like a good person to work around and i mean this is this is super true in the music industry like it's all 
It's all just how you treat people. Like you're you're a walking billboard for your your brand essentially. So like if you're if you know a lot in in terms of like coding and that kind of stuff, but you're like not a nice person to be around, no one's gonna want to be around you. Or or maybe you'll get the job based on those qualifications, but you're not gonna last long. Like no one wants to be around that. And um, it's funny. Like my kind of version of that of that sentiment is like, I I kept telling myself this only has to work once. I only I only need one job. I just keep hitting that go button until I get a job, and then that's it. I just need one. Yes, that's it. And like. People are always like, oh, I, no one wants to hire me. It's like, it's like, oh, you literally just need one yes. Like, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep hitting that go button. It's just like getting a girlfriend. It's like, it only has to work once. You don't it just has to work once. <laughs> you just need one job. And, and <laughs> if once you get that one job, then other jobs become easier because now you've kind of gotten your foot in the door and you can kind of like work your way in like a, in a direction that you want to go. But you need just, just get a job. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a weird place right now because I'm trying to switch I, I was I was on this perfectly straight path, and I got all the way up to mo- upper management, and then I got there. I was like, "Oh man, really?" I'm like, "This, this, this is it? Hey. Oh no!" And so now I'm trying to switch a bit, and I think uh, my new pivot is instead of trying to help like bigger tech companies or just tech companies in general, I'm pivoting to uh, targeting YouTubers with over a hundred thousand subscribers who need software projects. I'm like. I, it, t- it took nice, a little bit dude. of while to think about it because at first I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do YouTube stuff. I've been trying to do that on and off for a year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, this is like this is grind. <laughs> this is such a grind. Uh, yeah. it, it's funny too because you like we both help YouTubers. Do actually, there's going to be a new video that I'm going to get you to edit in like a month or so. Oh man, uh, listen, listen, to this concept. It's so I've been learning Chinese. Uh, starting today, I'm getting my Chinese teacher to uh translate my five minutes of english stand-up comedy and i'm documenting the whole process because then the video ends with me doing a five minute open mic in chinese in front of like 40 people cool man so it's like a it's like a a, documentary like like seeing the process we'll do it we'll do it like mr beast well i'll I'll have you edit it (laughs) the same way as mr beast like exactly we're just gonna copy all his editing tricks so the first seven seconds is gonna have like 32 cuts and just mm-hmm. text all over the thing. And I'm just going to like, <laughs> I'm going to sit down. I'm, I'm going to do what I did last time, which write it all down, uh, mm-hmm. like where all the cuts are. And have you like just over the just top. Just assemble it. Yeah. Over the top, like edit it. Because it's going to like, the hook will be like, oh, is, is he going to bomb or not? Because there's a good chance I'm going to bomb. There's like a, like a... Seventy percent chance I'm gonna bomb because I have some of uh, my English-speaking comedian friends who also have been trying to the Chinese nights, and they're like, "Yeah, we've all bombed like the first night, really? first time we did the yeah." I mean, hey, even bomb. if you bomb, it's gonna be it's gonna be good content. The, be fun if you to watch. bomb, that's the thing. If I bomb, it's good content still. Because yeah. then at and the end, it, yeah, yeah, then at the end, because at the, at because it's gonna be like here's the process of me, like learning how to say this in Chinese kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it tease, tease, tease until you see like the four minute stand up near the end. And then the last two minutes are going to be like what I learned and then call to action to book my services. <laughs> so it's nice. going to be, I'm, you have I'm, it all I'm laid out. I got it. I got it laid out. Uh, and that's the thing is I make it really clear at the beginning of the video that the stakes are really high, <laughs> that there's a good mm-hmm. yeah, chance. You said that expectation. Yeah. And then they'll be like, Ooh, let's, let's watch. So, it's got to start with it's got to start with this, with a cut of of a joke bombing that like you give and like that's the start of it with like some like it's a black and white really sad music behind it it's like oh no what am I what did I do and then it cuts to like five five a.m. Monday morning it's like just getting started and then that's that's where the story begins yes, yeah there's gonna that be a story it, yeah we're gonna but the, yeah we're I'm gonna rope you into that because there's like I said Sick, there's gonna man. be it's gonna be like 32 cuts in the first 10 seconds <laughs> it's gonna, Sick. i love it's it i love it steal i'm gonna do exactly what mr beast does H- have you followed mr beast at all a bit a bit i've seen some of his videos just like stirred there insane <laughs> you gotta listen to and him he's on clearly the call. doing pretty well <laughs> you gotta listen to him he's prince funny <laughs> you gotta listen yeah. to him on the column samir podcast because he breaks down all his like strategies and he's like He's like, number one, they ask him all these questions and he keeps responding with, honestly, guys, the only thing I care about is making the best YouTube videos in the world. He's like, I don't care yeah. about money. Oh, I've heard I don't him care about that. fame. Yeah. I don't care about anything. He's like, if all you do is focus on making the best YouTube videos in the world and thumbnails, <laughs> he's like, and thumbnails, <laughs> That's those are the two things. The thumbnails, is, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at those, but 
Yeah, you are, man. I've noticed, like, yeah, that's that's the first thing people see. You got to nail the thumbnail. Yeah. What I did was I hired an actual real photographer, and then I hired an actual real graphic designer, and then I used the graphic designer's templates with the photographer's photos. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We assemble the graphic. I'm not in a graphic designer, I'm a graphic assembler. Uh, (laughs) I love it. We just go there. Uh, So you're going from... So you got the you got the job, good old fashioned nepotism to your grandma. Uh-huh. Uh, well, not really nepotism, up... but you know, I know. <laughs> and then uh, you're you're working away up through there. So were you just like working so many hours that when Trey was asking you to do free editing, you had to just say like, "Hey, man," and you get paid? Was that how you kind of transitioned to a paid role, Gear Gods, or how did that kind of transition happen? Sure. So yeah, essentially, you know. Um, I learned that with with working for uh, TV shows and honestly just like any sort of you know show or movie like in Hollywood, there's this kind of you know there's this lifespan of, of when it's actually made behind the scenes. But then um, you know when it when it's released, um, the project is over. And then so people who the editors find new gigs to edit, the the you know production coordinators find new shows to coordinate. Like everyone just kind of goes on to the next project. I mean you know it's Hollywood. It's like the actors find new gigs to act in. And so um, after, like, you know, probably ultimately, like, two years of, of the PA thing, like, the show was done. It was called Die Atlantis on Netflix. Um, it was done. It was it was ready to, to, to go. And so I knew that, like, I needed to find, like, a new, a new job. And so at, at that time, um, Gear Gods was um, part of the Blast Beat Network, which is, like, a bigger – it's, like, a bigger organization of Metal Sucks, Metal Injection, um, some bigger companies. So they actually were kind of the ones, like, above both Trey and I – and, um, you know, Trey and I both knew that I was, I was going to all of a sudden have all this free time and I loved doing gear guides. I love doing freelance stuff on the side. So we kind of together, like put together a pitch for me to see if they would hire me full time, like as like senior editor was like my title, um, doing just every, like just everything that Trey didn't want to do, essentially, um, doing website stuff, writing articles, assigning stuff to, to our intern team. We had like a team of like writers and in, 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 who were interns. Um, doing the video editing that was kind of the biggest thing is just doing the, the edits for youtube um just helping him on shoots like going out everywhere and um so put, put together this pitch um for basically as much as you would make working at mcdonald's but i was like i'm like this is what i i and it's still still at that time even after you know two years of of doing the pa thing like i was still super hungry i was still like I'm, I, i've never really cared about money i just i i want to be happy and i wanted to just be in a creative space like as a, as a creative person as a musician so I really didn't care. like as long as I had enough money to not to not die and just enough to survive like that was that was kind of the goal. So put together a little little proposal for him and um, just pitched it as hard as I could and they accepted and they they hired me to be um, full time like editor, um, senior editor and writer and stuff. And so um, that was kind of that was kind of how that gig started. So then I was able to do Gear Guides full time making even less than I've ever made, but I was so much happier. I was just like doing what I wanted to do. Working with amazing people, meeting my favorite bands, going to Nam. That was the best perk of being friends with Trey. Uh, me living in LA was just like, I know the best, the single best perk was uh, Trivium came to town. Trivium's my favorite band. Trivium's my favorite band. So sick. I love Matt Heafy. I love that band. Everything, like, that's, they're basically the reason I moved to LA because they're the reason I learned how to play guitar. Like, without them, I just moved to San Francisco and been like a programmer bro. I'd probably be richer, but like it, it wouldn't matter. Miserable. I'd have a yeah. existential crisis at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember they came to town, and this is when uh, Jared Dines was playing guitar for them because Matt he, oh, yeah. he, uh, he had to go back home because his wife gave birth. And I was right. like backstage with the Trivium guys, Jason Richardson, uh, the singer from Kill Switch Engage, Howard Jones, because Howard Jones. Light the Torch was playing. And then the freaking the singer from Atreyu, the drummer from Atreyu, was backstage too because he was wow. like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna I'm, we're gonna surprise." I was like, "I'm gonna do a Trivium song today," but like I was thinking to myself, sixteen-year-old Jamie Hush would be so proud of himself right now. I was too afraid to like talk to anyone, uh, but I, I was talking to Jason Richardson because I didn't realize it was Jason Richardson until like twenty minutes <laughs> into the conversation. Uh, but I was like too afraid to really talk to anyone. But I was just like. Okay. You're there. Dude, that's, and that's, that's the thing is like, I, I, that feeling of like, 
being like, holy shit, like viewing your current self through your, a younger version of you. It's, I never want to lose that feeling. Like I, I'm a fan, to, uh, I'm just like a fan till I die. That's like kind of the, the driving force for me is like, I, I, you know, I see, see, I see people who like get jaded and they just, they like, get, they just get used to like working with their idols and working in the industry. I'm like, I never want to, I never want to lose that man. Like I get to work with my, like I've met my favorite band multiple times. They know me, they know Riffified. Like I, oh, it's between insane, the dude. bear to me. Yeah, man. They, oh, like, yeah. They, they, the drummer, like I, I went to a show, <laughs> I went to a show of theirs uh, a few months ago and I did like a, the VIP package and uh, part of that is like going early and doing a like a Q and A session with the band, and you know everyone's masked. Um, I I was just wearing like black like super nondescript clothing, and I went up to you, go. You remembered your uniform. You remembered the black t shirt. Yeah, man, gotta stay on, gotta stay on brand. Be a black uniform. <laughs> you got black a black t shirt. Yeah, man. Yeah, just like that. And uh, and as I as I walked up to go ask the question, mask on. You know, like the only defining features are like my I'm a I'm a white dude with glasses and a hat. The drummer was like, "Oh, what's up, Isaac?" Like as I'm like walking up, and I'm like. What's up? Uh, what's up, Blake Richardson? Like, and and they're the nicest, what's sweetest up, dudes. They know me, and like we we talk and stuff. But like, and I've dude, I've I've had that with like probably hundreds of people at this point. My idols, all because I just like show up and I think I'm like a pretty nice person to be around, and I like do what I say I'm gonna do. And um, yeah, man, it's it's like that. That is when one time like Tosin said I could shred and like fist bump me, and that's keeping me going still. Whoa. Like, it's like, dude, yeah. Dude, what kind of side, just like sidebar, just like yeah. we're just telling kind of crazy rock star stories. So I worked, I, oh, one of the other side gigs that I do is I work for Guitar Messenger, running our social media and stuff. And um, uh, Ivan Chopic, the, the main guy behind that, like we've we've done shoots together. I'll, he'll bring me on to do video shoots for bands and playthroughs and stuff. And, and I'll, I'll edit uh, stuff after the fact. Um, and Ivan is a part of Abasi Concepts, who I do the social media stuff for for a while and um i remember uh <laughs> i was like uh I, know, I was on a shoot and uh i guess i got to meet tosin for the first time we were we were shooting the the uh the demo kind of like playthrough video for the pathos pedal from abasi hmm. and got to got to it was like literally it was ivan me and tosin abasi and ivan had to go do something like had to go get something from the car so just me and freaking tosin abasi were sitting across each from each other like 10 feet away He's just like just thumping, like practicing the part, and I'm just like, I'm, and I was like, this is when I first moved, like I, I was super young, so I was just like, oh, like the nice guitar, man. Like I just didn't know what to say. I was like totally like, I just same as you, like I just yeah. I had no clue what to say, and um, that kind of that wasn't the first time I, I, I talked to him, but uh, over the years through Nam and through other shoots, like we we, we became like friends, I'd say, and uh, dude, like I uh, on my birthday, I think a year ago now. Tosin shows up to my house with a bottle of champagne and a signed Pathos pedal for me. It says "Stay Riffified" from Ivan and Tosin because it was because at, at that point we can talk about this in a second. Like I was transitioning from the Bossy Concepts uh, Guitar Messenger Gear God stuff to my current job with uh, Strandberg Guitars, which I have mm -hmm. back here in poster. Um, so that was kind of like my send off from hand delivered champagne from Tosin came to our house, and uh, and it's like you were homies. Like I, I've talked like I talked to him like regularly. It's insane. Um, yeah, and dude, so and that so that stuff is possible. Like if you just like, I don't know, dude. Like follow your dreams. Like <laughs> go, <laughs> go to where place things are happening. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but like, I just really believe in like, just just trust your gut. Ask yourself why you're making certain life decisions. Follow through with them. Be nice to people. Be nice to every single person, and um, just like, I don't know, just like just show up. Just do what you say you're gonna do, and that's show really that's the big one. Dude, just show up. It's like it's because this is coming from someone who is extremely introvert. I mean, I'm definitely the most extroverted I've ever been because I've like I've worked on it. But like deep down, like I want to be alone. I do not want to talk to people like ever. Like I'm good. You don't get that you know? good at progressive death metal on guitar by like <laughs> going out all the time. You got to <laughs> right. sit in your house and just just have a bunch of guitars and be alone. But dude, like it's this is coming from someone who like is not an extrovert. And now I run artist relations for a guitar company. Like my job is to talk to people. Like that is my job. And mm -hmm it's so it's it's possible like and it's just it's just uh it's happened for me because i just like i do enjoy talking to people and uh especially like in a field that i care about um on a topic well, that suppose, i talk um, about the people you're talking to artist relations for strandberg guitars are like the most probably the most introverted like the most opposite of a rock star guitar they're all sitting at home they're in the all, corner yeah <laughs> and no dude no one's got an ego everyone's super cool everyone's super chill like they're just like friends and that's one thing I have to remind myself too is like I I idolize a lot of these people, but like they are people. There are just there are people just like us who are on their own kind of paths, they're on their own journey, and so um, 
that's like that helps me kind of like talk to them without totally just like losing my mind and like drooling and being like oh my god you're Pliny it's like Pliny's Pliny's a dude we just talk and make stuff happen like so sorry that was a bit of a tangent there but like no, no, I, makes, I really uh, yeah it's possible no, that makes man. a lot of sense because I've been doing stand-up comedy here in Taipei for the last probably four or five months sick and, dude I want to hear some jokes from you man if you like if you oh. have English versions at some I point. only have English versions right now because yeah <laughs> Chinese is hard, Ooh. <laughs> unsurprisingly. Uh, but I've been I've been doing it here, and there's like like three or four like real excellent guys here, mm. and like I'm just like oh, it's like the same. Just like when I met when I met Trey, like I, I I'm like oh I know he's gonna be successful, and when I met when Glenn started getting traction on YouTube after his like fourth video, which Glenn started getting traction after four YouTube videos, I was like unfair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like that was a little bit unfair, but like he had a good first but like I remember he started getting like I think his like first video got over a couple thousand views and me and Matt Diamante uh this is one to Glenn's like, dude, you gotta triple down on this. Like at the yeah, time Matt Diamante it. was trying to do YouTube and like mm-hmm. he had done like fifteen videos and they're pretty good production too. And like mm-hmm not that much traction and so matt saw glenn get traction and he's like dude he's like you gotta double down on this he's like i'm not even jealous he's like something's going on here he's like you gotta double down this and i could and the same when i when i met you i could tell the same thing i could be like oh yeah this guy's ready to show up and do work so that's that helps a lot on that side and i'm realizing too like like the trust your gut is a big one as well because i just actually i finished an interview the other day as for another like engineer manager position, I was just thinking like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, <I don't> like <laughs> this. <laughs> As you're doing it, that's and good. Like, that's good. That's a good feeling yeah, yeah. To, to recognize. But it's tricky. It's tricky when you're on the engineering side because like I'm looking at because uh, this company's probably going to go public in like five years. And I'm like, I'm like kind of doing the napkin math on the money. I'm like, mm, I'm like 95 percent sure. Like. They're gonna do extremely well, like money wise. Yeah. But I'm like, do I want to do I want to do this for like five, seven years, wait for that to like materialize, or do I want to just focus on like doing stuff what with do. entertainers, which which is what I really mm-hmm. like doing. Um, so that's why I'm trying to focus more on like because I'm helping uh, right now. I'm helping Alex with some software stuff. Uh, I can't say what the software is, but it's pretty dope, and it's like. This is a good combo because what I didn't like was working with like trying to have to convince 30 engineers to do something, which mm-hmm. I can do. I know how to do it, but it's like being really good at doing the dishes, right? Just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you want to, <laughs> doesn't mean you want to do it over and over again. And now I can just kind of like when I help non-technical people, their expectations are like here, right? Yeah. And they want, they want the help. They like want uh, to, to be told like what's the best way to do a thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, the website doesn't work. And then I go, and then I can fix it in a half an hour. And it's like, whoa. Oh, you're a magic the, man. Oh, magic computer man, save us. <laughs> Dude, uh, same thing with, that was, I mean, this is a big part too of like, uh, I think focusing on what you're good at, but also focusing on what, you're, on what you like doing. I mean, that's kind of like the magic combo is like, I, you know, I started, uh, I went to school for, for like music and like audio, didn't have any background in video, which is like where my yeah. career eventually game. Cause I started doing so much video work for gear gods. I took one video editing class in college. It was just like basic, like how to like edit stuff together in premiere pro. I made you like YouTube videos and like when I was in high school with some buddies, but like I had no background in it and, but I just kept doing it and I liked it. And I'm a, I'm a goofball dude. I like, I just like making goofy videos. So like I had a knack for making like meme dumb videos, lots of cuts, lots of gags. Like I just, just cause I, that's just my personality. And so I did it enough to where I actually realized that I knew more about video editing than like most regular people. And I like doing it. So then people would be like, Hey, do you like edit like playthroughs for bands and be like a small band or whatever? Like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like, for sure, hit me up. And, like, and then I I edit the most boring video together, just, like, two angles, cut back and forth, like, mixed, color-graded, like, just just cover all the basics. And my clients are, like, they're, like, wow, this guy is so good. And I I was, like, okay. And, like, you just keep doing that enough. And and that's how you just get better. And you're – you kind of start raising your standards as you you get better, like, in your craft. And and then you have the power to be, like – to say no to stuff because you're you're at a certain level, you know, and that's that's kind of where the fun starts. I feel like. Yeah, once you have some money saved up, and when I say some money, I mean literally some 
just like more than zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just then you can be like, then you can start saying things like, ah, you know what? I don't want to deliver coffee for $2 above minimum wage anymore. <laughs> like yeah. I'm too busy Dude. with all this editing work that pays me a dollar less than minimum wage when I do my hours. But <laughs> next, next client I'll charge more. Uh, for yep. the, on the, on the editing side, uh, have you ever had to like set, like, how do you set like realistic expectations with clients? Because I know a lot of uh, people have these weird expectations. Have you ever had to run into that? And how do you set expectations mm. that way? Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like I've probably had been pretty lucky. Um, I, I had, I've had one client who was kind of a pain. Um, they paid me really well, but they were, they were a pain. And I think that's kind of, I think they knew that they were a pain, so they they kind of compensated for it. Yeah, yeah but um, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I go into everything. I go into everything, Jamie. This is this is kind of my like my like life secret. I go into everything, every situation with zero expectations. Yeah. I have no expectations for anything ever, and that is like the recipe for success. Because if when That's anything key. positive happens, I'm stoked, and uh, so I'll go into every possible video gig and especially like when you're a freelancer you're you take on every job especially when you're just starting out you're super hungry you take on every possible gig um even with those gigs like i you know buddy would hit me up and be like hey man can you um edit this like drum playthrough together and i'll go okay and before i get excited about it before i have any before i let myself uh have any expectations i just go okay here's my rate here's how long it'll take uh, here's what I can do. Here's my portfolio. And I just, I put, I like put everything out on the table first um, because I want to set those expectations. Cause I, I think people get, especially with, with, with the music industry where it's all homies, it's all frenziers, like people, things can get muddy and, and you know, you want to do something fun, fun for your friend and you want to build your portfolio, but like you also have to get paid. So you can't say yes to everything and you can't give everyone the homie, the homie discount. Um, so I'm just super transparent with everything. And if it doesn't work out, then that's it. Then that's fine. I, I I'm never bummed about it not working out because it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, when you say the homie discount, the trick I do, uh, I learned this a while ago, it's always, I always have two rates. I have full rate, not cheap, <laughs> full rate, <laughs> or uh, free. So the homie, if you're my homie, it's free. You get 100% discount. But wow. because, and the reason I do that, though, is you can't complain if it's 100% free. Right. I mean, theoretically, you can. Theoretically, you can. You should, but if if somebody does complain and do it for free, then okay, obviously we're not actually homies. They didn't deserve it in the first place. Uh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's fine. And so the nice thing about that is, then you can then I can be like, yeah, I'll help you out for free for the next like couple hours. Like I'll just jump on a call and help for free. Yeah. And then usually, especially for coding, when I'm on the phone call with the person, and we're both looking at the code together, and they barely know what's going on and i kind of go through and it's like when you go to a mechanic and mechanics like look they open up the hood it's Mm -hmm. everything it's on fire you're you're everything on the inside is on fire we need to replace the whole car kind of thing if you see it physically on fire you're like oh well okay cool and it's the same thing with i want to do it for free with some buddies and we kind of go through together and they see how much of a mess something is and then i Mm -hmm. then i go i'm like look you're my homie i love you I want to work with you. There's only 24 hours a day. I'm sleeping eight of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I want to help, but in order to help, you got to pay X amount of dollars. Yeah, and, and, sh- like, and going th- through it with them so you can like, yeah. show them why why your services are valuable. Yeah, that's. that's and great. sometimes they're like, you know what, this website is kind of crappy anyway. We're not not worth it. I'm like, yeah, yeah I think it's kind of crappy too. So it's it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, just let's just. Yep. There'd be uh, there'd be less wars in the world if more people just gave up, and it's okay. It's okay to just give up. Not not a fight worth fighting. But then a lot of the times, it's just like, okay, cool. I'll figure out how to get, uh, I'll figure out how to get like the budget because like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. usually if they're coming to me, they've already talked to like one or two other engineers, or this is really common. A lot of software engineers, I think a lot of editors do this to people in general. A lot of people just like ghost. Like they'll finish yes. half a project and disappear. Yes. And so if mm-hmm. you can be the person who consistently fixed half-finished messes, you will always have employment for your life. Have you ever run into that where someone just like disappeared and then they called up Isaac? I don't think I've actually had that uh, experience because um, one, again, like I really like, I really trust my gut when I, when I get to 
into serious talks with people. So if I really, if I feel like someone is just not responding to like our, just our general messages, like even just, just casual talks, if they're kind of, kind of flaky on that front, that's kind of a red flag to me. Just if you can't have like just a regular conversation or you're always busy or whatever, like that's, that's kind of my first thought of like, like, okay, maybe this is not totally going to work out in the end. Um, but then also, uh, I'll usually, this isn't, doesn't happen always, but if I, if I'm a little hesitant about jumping on a project, um, we'll do like half after the, the um, deliverables are delivered. So that way they have some investment early on so that I can't just do a bunch of work and then say, okay, here it is. And then they, then they just never respond. So, um, I try to like, with everything, I try to put things in place first to make my life as easy as possible. That's like a, a really big thing. Cause I just don't want to waste energy. I just don't want to waste my time, um, on things that just won't turn out, you know? So yeah, I've done that too, where like, I'll pay a little bit up front just to like, make sure that they're like, make sure that their credit card works, right? <laughs> make sure that mm-hmm. their PayPal account works. They have right money there. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's some, and then they're invested and then they'll see it through and then I'll do I'll do deals like that too, where it's a little bit different on the software front because a lot more can go wrong. Like mm, you can't I imagine. Yeah. You can't, there's no excuse. If you, if you don't deliver on time for video edit, like you can, the nice thing about video editing is if you're running a bit late, you can usually deliver on time. If you just don't sleep the night before. There's right? a grind period. Yeah. And plus like it, it's for me, it's like, it's usually with bands and like artists and, and uh, gear people. So it's like, there's, the they're they're usually super chill like they yeah yeah and and i like i've had a couple instances where i just physically could not get to a project until the very last minute and i'm like i'm a big like i do a thing a week in advance and just like leave it there i want i want to make i want to make future isaac's life easier you know what i mean yeah so i just like uh yeah it's if i can avoid it i i I try it but yeah. That's what I do with the podcast too. I always have them a couple of weeks in advance, except you for this up. one. Woohoo! Uh, this one probably going to be out on Friday. Uh, not Sick. because I had to like uh, the other one that's coming out has to come out during my friend's like book launch, and so I'm like, ooh, oops, and because I looked that. at the calendar, I looked at the, I have like a little release calendar, and like, ooh, wait, I'm I thought I was a week ahead. Uh oh. Uh, Uh-oh, got to find someone. Uh, no, uh, Isaac, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac, quick. <laughs> Please. We're going to talk to you about something. Uh, speaking of uh, being organized, how do you how do you kind of keep yourself organized for this stuff? Like just like gig, like projects? Yeah, how do you keep... Because uh, you'll be juggling a couple clients at the same time or you'll be juggling... Like you have to do a, a few different things like on the artist relations side. How do you keep that all organized? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, poorly. No, um, I'm a big list guy. And this is a thing that you and I have talked about. I, my life is lists. I make a list and then I do the things on the list and then those things get done because I made a list. Uh, so like, I just like, I have a daily schedule. I have a, um, I, I know when, when I'm personally in the right mindset to do certain things. So like I'm, I'm a morning person. So I've been starting to do, um, starting to begin my day. I, so just, just, just everyone knows, like I, I run, um, social media and artist relations for Stramberg guitars. So I still do freelance editing on the side, but like, that's kind of, that's my, it's actual like job. It's like not, I'm not freelance anymore, which is amazing. Yeah. I like I have health insurance. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I have, a, oh, wait, I have health insurance too. Oh wait, it's cause I'm in a first world country. <laughs> I envy you, Jamie. I, I envy that man. Um, but so, but, but my job is, is remote, which is awesome. So I get to, I get to kind of make my own schedule. So, um, so for me, like I, I know that I'm, I'm much more of a morning person than a night owl. So I will get up really early, start my day earlier when I'm feeling better. And then I'll actually like end my day earlier, um, and just try to catch stuff uh, earlier. And, and we're, our company is also based in Sweden. So the time difference is like, it's better oh. for me and for them if I'm up earlier. Um, what, so, so what, what time are you, what time are you getting up for Sweden? Cause that's an eight hours time zone difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think nine, yeah, eight, eight or nine hour difference. Um, yeah, I'm, I start work at 7am. I try, I try to okay. most days. Um, and then I'm done, you know, um, whatever. Three, so that way you can talk to them from, uh, yeah, three o'clock in their time to like six exactly. their time kind of thing. Exactly. Ah. Cause uh, for a lot of, a lot of the time I would. For the longest time, I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna stick to a nine to five because I'm I'm also like kind of a workaholic. So when I was doing freelance, my and like this is just true when you're doing freelance in general. Like your whole life is freelance because you're always yeah. trying to find the next project. So for this, I was like, I'm like, I have my first like real paying job with that's like structured and stuff. I have forty hour work week. Like I'm gonna work nine to five every day. No if no if fans or buts. I'm gonna have a schedule. Um, but, but what would happen is that when, when my day would start, it would be 5 p.m. in Sweden and they'd be out yeah. for the day. So I ha- I'd start my day. 
have all these questions, all these things I would need from people, and they would I wouldn't hear from them until yeah. like literally like the next that seven. night. Yeah, so just start earlier. So it's so starting early, um, having a lot of, like lists for things, and just um, I know that if I have too much going on, I will forget something. Some ball will get dropped somewhere. So when whenever anything happens, any any like um, talks about future projects or any sort of like. Any any talks of something happening in the future, I make a note of it somewhere, and I put it in my calendar. Usually, I put it in my calendar and just yeah. say like, okay, like, hey, on this day, this has to happen, or just like reminder, do this in the future. Um, just always, never trust. I don't trust myself enough to like keep track of stuff just in my brain, so I always no. put it somewhere. You know, my trick has been the last few months is instead of is I'll write everything. I'll use my calendar as a to do list, and so what I do is uh, every single little task. It's going to take at least 15 minutes. So never small, small than 15 minutes. And so when I quickly want to write something down, I'll just write like a half an hour meeting for myself on like Saturday morning. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what I do is when I plan my week, I just drag those time blocks on the calendar. And that helps with because I'm, I'm like you, I'm very optimistic with my time. But then when I see all these little squares on the calendar, I'll be like, hmm, looks like I can't do all this on tuesday yeah it's not possible well i guess i'm either cutting some stuff or moving it moving it over and it's usually most of the time you can that's what prioritizing is right is you pick yeah. what's the absolute highest priority and so for example the last three months i was like you know what i'm making learning how to read chinese priority i booked four hours a day five days a week private chinese lessons and then I just had, I'm like, I'm going to work around that. I'm going to pay for it and commit for the next three months. And I did that for three months. And there's times where I want to do some other stuff. And I'm like, well, I just can't because I've committed to these four hour Put blocks. Time. Dude, that's a big one for me, especially coming from the freelance world and being like, I'm very self-sufficient and I, I like having a certain amount of like agency in my, in my life. So I, I like to be the one to make, make decisions for myself. And that's what, one thing I had to learn was like, there's the things that I want to do right away, and there's the things my boss wants me to do right away, and those things have priority. The things I, I my stuff usually can wait, and uh, yeah. it's like knowing like okay, like if I, one thing I'll do if I have a bunch because uh, I always have like a million projects going on for work, um, and a lot of a lot of prioritizing and a lot of like I get to like the end of my day, I look at what I have to do, and I go okay. Every single day I have so much stuff I have to move around because I'm again like super optimistic with my time. I think I can hit it all, and I, there's just not as as many hours in the day as I need. So I always have to move stuff around and I look at all the things I have to do. It's usually, you know, five or six things and I go, okay, if I don't do this thing, what bad thing will happen? If I don't do this thing, what bad thing will happen? And I just go down the list of like what, what realistically will be the outcome if I don't do this thing right now. And that is a very powerful motivator because most, most things can wait. Um, There's like usually one or two things that like have to get done for certain reasons here, you know, for whatever reason. So um, yeah, prioritizing on a list is like, is number one. I've definitely gotten to to carried away with lists like my, my girlfriend and i will do like zoom dates um sometimes and there's some stuff i want to talk about so i'll like make a list of stuff that i want to like talk to her about but it's gotten to the point where i have like an, an agenda for date night and like that's not fun for anyone so it's like uh, you, you know what kind of, you know, i think it's fine i think i do fine. too jamie i, I think, think it's, it's great fine. but sometimes it can be like all right like i'll go down the list and we'll like talk about something and then i'm like cool and then she'll hear me like hit the the like backspace to like delete the thing on the off the list, and she she's like, "Are you are you checking off the list?" And I'm like, "Yep, checking off the list." <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's not the healthiest so thing to do. You, for no, 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 no. But you stuff care, is done. You care it's about efficient. her. You care about her enough that you genuinely want to know about these things in her life. Thank you. you. Write I'm trying, that to, hit, crap I'm trying down. to check all the boxes, man. I'm not trying yeah. to forget some stuff. I'm trying to be be cognizant and be uh, be aware, and I'm just trying to be efficient. You know. Yeah, like I, I, like I always put, uh, I always put the date nights in my calendar, and then Zoe was always like, "Oh, it's in your calendar," because it's a, back when I was a manager too. Like, it was, oh my god, all I did was meetings. Yeah, six, oh, you gotta, six, you gotta at least six hours a day, seven, sometimes seven hours worth of meetings, and so it's like, <clears throat> so I'd write like, <laughs> "Hang out with Zoe this time," and because uh, the previous company was like. They, they, everyone was on a different time zone. They hired a hundred people in like thirty different countries, uh, and so the whole company was on different time zones. So I had to put stuff in my calendar because then otherwise somebody in like uh, South America might just be like, "Oh, let me just try to get a meeting with James at like one o'clock in the afternoon." 
my time. And then it just makes it easy to see if it's just a big block. Like, yeah, that's yeah. just like organization one on one. Just like getting it all laid out, getting it all, every, everything's put where it needs to be. Like, hundred percent. So, how long have you been at Strandberg now? A couple years. Uh, a year, just over a year now. It was oh. a year uh, in, in uh, February. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good setup. Now you're you're. That's like the perfect gig for you because. <laughs> It's the it's insane. nerdiest kind of guitars for the nerdiest kind of guitar players. And do you literally like so? Um, I don't know much, how much more time we have, but uh, I can talk about how how yeah, I we got started that. with with Strandberg. Okay, um, dude, it's wild. Like I, the way the Strandberg thing happened was, you know, I, I've been playing their guitars since like 2016. Um, a bunch of my favorite bands, a bunch of my favorite players play them, and they, you know, they're super eye catching guitar. They're super eye catching guitars. They're headless, multi scale. Look at this. There's no headstock in this guitar. What? They're super ergonomic. The back of the neck is called the endernic. It's this, uh, like, asymmetric... Di- uh, it's kind of hard to see, but, like, there's, like, yeah, a diagonal it's, it's, plane It's, like, to the it. perfect engineered guitar. It's, so, it's literally... It's, it's engineered for your body. It's And it comes yeah. from a very... Um, the founder, Ola Strandberg, he has, like, an engineering background. So, he, like... Of course he like does. Design a guitar from the ground up. Yeah, because like guitars are the worst. Guitars were not made for the human body. Strandbergs were made for the. the it's a totally rethought the guitar. Um, so they're very like eye catching. They're like they're just they're just cool. I just I just love them. And um, it was like my dream guitar for for so long. And um, I got to go to my first Nam through Gear Gods uh, when I was a, a senior in college and um, went right to the Strandberg booth. Played a, a multi scale. They're insane, and they and they weigh like four pounds. They're like super light. They're like every everything is considered. They're they're incredible. They're like really works of art. And so I'm just like a fan at the core. And I got to play one. I, I ordered one uh, from the custom shop in Sweden when that was still going. Like a custom built one. I have it back there. And um, so I was just just a fan of them for for a long time. And I um, um, so then I guess. Yeah, just probably uh, see twenty twenty. I think um, I I was doing gear guts full time and like freelance full time. Um, actually, I had um, when the pandemic hit um, in it was like May of twenty twenty. I actually ended up getting uh, furloughed from gear guts because uh, they just couldn't afford to, to oh, yeah, me yeah. and a few other people. All the ad rates tanked. I was yeah, like you I was working in an ad an ad company at the time, and they, all the ad oh, rates tanked sure. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, and every, yeah, everyone's getting, everyone's just getting laid off. And I, I was lucky because it was just, you know, it was, it was furlough. So it was like the intent was to hire me back at some point. But like, and, you know, like I had still got to pay rent. So um, then I like really went hard on, on freelancing and just, just took every single project I could. And it was like full freelance. Still doing gear gods, but it was more of a, you know, project by project kind of basis. Um, and uh, one day um, I got an email from um, Ed Yoon, who is uh, the, um, the CFO uh, in, uh, USA operations for Strandberg, him, him and Ola Strandberg are kind of um, the two, the two main guys behind the scenes. And um, Eddie mailed me because they they were going to have this like live stream video event called StrandCon, which is kind of like Strandberg's version of Nam, but it was all going to be virtual. Have artists and players from all around the world have like a multi day workshop, like Ask Tech, uh, like all kind of just really cool stuff uh, all, all online. And they needed someone to help come run videos in Riverside, which is like a, like an hour south of, of where we are in Glendale. And um, and I was like, like, yeah, this, okay, cool. And I think they heard about me through Gear Gods and through Abasi Concepts and through Guitar Messenger, and just just because I was a guy doing video stuff and I my name was out there. Um, so I went and did that, and it was awesome. It was like a, like a four day event, and I helped run the live stream and just got you know met all the guys at Riverside and everyone. It was like the U, the U.S. team for Strandberg, so um, the team in Riverside. And everyone, everyone was super nice, really friendly, um, and. They actually gave me a guitar as part of my payment, which like I I I, I they I tra- I told them what I was going to charge them. They're like, okay, that's cool, we can pay you that. And then, on top of that, they're they're like, um, we're gonna we're gonna give you a guitar for this. And I was like, all right, I have it over there too, another guitar. So Dude, that's the thing with like you, Trey, Glenn, <laughs> the gear. Oh my god, Dude, Glenn, like basically, he's like, yo, can you hold some of this gear for me for like a month? I know, dude. And then you should, that, oh, you and then it gets ridiculous. It yeah. gave me like it, I had like five thousand American dollars worth of guitar amps. It's just oh my god, like laying around, just sitting around. It's just your guys' hand me downs, basically. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's wild. It's especially like working with companies that like make physical products uh um for musicians like there's always just gear i mean yeah our, our house is just we have like oh, easily over the, 50 guitars in this house. by the way I, I met a guy who has uh 
because I'm, I'm meeting all the manufacturing people out here. Mm, so I met mm-hmm. a guy who does uh, speakers and is looking. We, we should talk after because uh, I, I got a guy who has like his family has connections in Shenzhen and they do they manufacture speakers like wow all of like all of like tons and tons and tons of speakers and right so on, he dude. has a uh, he has one prototype made that's like all finished of a mm-hmm. you know like a, a monitor a pa monitor but mm-hmm. wireless oh cool like a bluetooth yeah. sort of situation no, yeah like but it's like high quality pro audio no wires kind of setup it's like oh sick yeah he's like yeah actually like you just had to figure out how to install the batteries. Like, and I figure that out. And no, like, okay. I can do all the manufacturing. He's like, but I just don't have any sales or marketing or anything. So it's just kind of sitting oh, okay. there ready to get sold. I'm like, oh. But now I got like a guy in the speaker industry. So if you ever need, if you ever need, if you know someone who needs some speaker stuff. Some wireless speakers. Nice. Some Dude, like it's good. speaker manufacturing stuff. Let me know. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure one of my buddies knows somebody you know who needs a bunch of who needs some sort of like like if you need like if you ever bump in someone who needs like a hundred thousand speakers manufactured mm-hmm. i was like oh now i, got, now I got the guy <laughs> that's that's literally jamie what you just said that's literally how the whole thing works like you just like you focus on your field you become good in it and you become a likable person and then people mention your name when they when they need someone who does whatever you do and it's that's literally that that's the whole thing it's wild yeah that's why i'm trying i'm trying to become like your friend in asia that's mm-hmm. that's my that's my big one too. <laughs> you are, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be like, if you bump into someone, it's like, oh man, if only we knew somebody who like lived in Asia, because like this sounds like this sounds like it's completely different than everything you know. And then Isaac can be like, oh, I got a guy who lives in Asia, knows everything about it. heavy metal, and like knows how to do all this. Sick like, podcast, yeah. really? Yeah, it's like really. Can he's like how's his English? Oh, his English is perfect. He's actually Canadian. It's like why is he in Asia? But, it's like I don't know. <laughs> he just know. likes it. But there. can he do stand up? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, that's, awesome. that's That's literally like, dude. Like I, uh, it's funny how again, like following your passions. I think really is a. It really pays off because, like, I've gotten tons of opportunities just through my. I have, I have this YouTube channel called Riffified, where I play like death metal guitar, like tech death guitar, along to just clips, like random video clips. I was on uh, the Your Mom's House podcast with Tom Segura and Christina P, and just like, I've I've gotten I get to talk to Eric Andre. Like, I've done like. But you were on just, their podcast. Well, they they showed my video and oh, then so, uh, yeah, reacted yeah. to it. I literally yeah. one second. I have a clip. Let me see if, it, if it'll play. Isaac Stolzer Gary. I have Tom Segura saying my name. My name passed through his lips. And oh, and like, you just took the audio clip and now you yeah. have Isaac, Isaac Stolzer Gary. There it is. <laughs> do you have yeah, like on, on one of those stream decks? Or you I just... sure do, baby. Pull it up. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Ah. You gotta get one, dude. For especially for like podcasts and streaming. It's so sick. You can do anything with it. It's like I know. It's I'm just It's I'm like a hundred bucks. It's it's easy. I know. I should I I hate also, I hate like, spending money. Trey probably has like three free ones lying around. He can just send one to you. Just hit up. Just but hit up your the friend. amount of money it cost to ship it. I. It's like it's not. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But yeah Trey definitely it. has at least three of those links. He has the big version of this one, and I think he has like a smaller one too. And and yeah. Did you get yours from Trey? Is that a Trey hand me down? Uh, I think he got this for me for my birthday one year. Okay, it was, cool. It was it was a gift, but it was like. Uh, but it was from him. Yeah, it was in the box. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like. So yeah. Oh, oh, it's your birthday today. Oh, yeah. here, he wasn't here like scrubbing out like property of Trey on. He wasn't like <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, brand speaking new. But anyway, but so but so yeah. So I you know um, back to the Strandberg thing. Like they they brought me on for this one gig. They liked what I did, um, and then they they reached out to hire me full time um, a few months later. And um, actually, I they wanted to hire me for for like a customer service kind of position and i actually turned them down the first time because i wasn't i was broke doing freelance but i was super happy i loved it um and i was like and i really like did the math and i was like you know what like if i take this job like it'll be cool but they they also wanted me to be in the office like go to riverside and it's like an hour commute for me each way and i liked being remote i liked i just liked my own i liked what i had going and it was enough for me to be like to to turn them down and it was the time wasn't great and I remember, like, after that, after I turned them down that first time, I was, I was like, Isaac, what did you do? You turned down a, a job offer from your, fa- they came to you, your favorite guitar company, they love you, like, what are you doing? Um, and then probably like two months after that um, opportunity came up, 
they, re- they reached out again to me with with a position offer for my current job doing um uh, com- community manager is my is my title so just everything with the community online marketing social media artist relations um and so but the the funny and so i, I did i accepted accepted that job at the in the end but the funny thing was um i think the reason they hired me, I mean, obviously, like, I, I knew my stuff when it came to video. I, I knew streaming, and I was easy to work with. I was super, you know, um, I think they got a good impression of me. But I think the thing that really um, made them consider me was that when, you know, so it was like a, it was a two-day streaming event, this this StrandCon, this this one-off event. And um, when it was all over, it was just, uh, it was just me and then um, Ed, the, the, the head guy there. Uh, it was just the two of us in, in their big warehouse, and I was just like wrapping up for the day. I was packing up the cameras, packing up lights and stuff. And for me, I, I just brought I had two cameras and my laptop and like some lights. Like that was my 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 contribution. Like tech wise, was pretty minimal. So I packed it all up. But then um, they had some lights lights that they had. They had some microphones, some speakers that they had. Um, it was like their property, and I was packing that up too. And I was just like tearing down everything i was like really i was wrapping cables i was like making it pretty just yeah. like really cleaning up everything and, and doing work that i probably shouldn't have been doing like i i didn't need to like clean up their stuff but i did because i wanted to just just wanted to be nice mm-hmm. and um then ed came in like after i was i was all done i was like about to go home super late at night multi-day thing i was super tired and he kind of looks around and, and he's like he's like oh you uh oh, you cleaned up and i was like yeah yeah just yeah, i did and i literally think that that moment him yeah, that it. i put in the extra work that's why they hired me yeah um, i just i just i just clean up because i'm like i'm like you just you just clean up like that's what you do that's it yeah oh my god yeah no a thousand percent let's end on that note that is like yeah like even uh as a, when i was engineering manager it was like the ones who did things like just made sure that it worked on an ipad not just desktop mm-hmm. full screen or iphones like ah oh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and it takes two seconds and people just, I think people, they want to, they want to be compensated for everything. And, but there's also like your reputation and like how people view you in a work context. And like, it doesn't, it really doesn't take that much extra work. It just takes a little bit of foresight and a little bit of like, how can I make everyone, everyone's lives easier? It doesn't by even take extra time because you were already there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was, for me, it was part, that was part of the whole cleanup was just like cleaning up everything. Like, I'm like, clean it up. Like I want to do, I want to do a good, I'm not going to leave it, leave it looking crappy. Like I'm going to just make it nice. Yeah, like there's times where I was doing like extra work while I was working in the office as an engineer, but I still left at like five or six. <laughs> it does not, it's not this crazy thing that like you're working extra and you're not going to like, you're already there. Let's just do it. It's fine. Yeah. So with that, thanks so much for your time, Isaac. Thank uh, you, man. Thanks all, for having me. I'll remember, just do it. It's fine. That's the quote we can all take away from this. <laughs> all right, uh, that's, so that's oh, how can people follow you? What are some links? What are some stuff people can check out from you? Yeah, you can follow me. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok at uh, Isaac Stolzergary, I-S-A-A-C-S-T-O-L-Z-E-R-G-A-R-Y. Just my name, Isaac Stolzergary. Um, Riffified is my YouTube channel. If you like metal and, and memes, that's R-I-F-F-I-F-I-E-D, Riffified. Um, and then yeah, Strandberg Guitars. Um, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I mean, everywhere. Um, I do love our artist relations and social media stuff. So um, yeah, like and subscribe. I'm sure those like links are under somewhere. Like everything. and subscribe, baby. Okay, yeah, man. Have a great day. See y'all later. Thanks, man. <laughs>